Hey, Peter. Oh, hey. Oh, <laughs> there you are. I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> What's up? Um, do you ever like reminisce about back in the good old days when everybody played the right way and learned the oh, right way? I hate it when old dudes do that. Although, yes, I do. I'm doing it more and more, I've been noticing. Well, hang on to your old dude hat because we're about to get into it. <laughs> I'm Matt Amanis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice coming at ya. Coming at ya. This is an open studio podcast. Uh, Peter, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. I didn't mean to throw you off there at the beginning, but I was looking out the window. We're here in the pod front yeah, you... with the uh, beautiful summer. No, we're in spring. Are we in spring or we're summer? We're in spring. What's going Shout on? out to the pod front. You know, I, I know we have a lot <laughs> of people. Hi. A lot of people have been following us for quite a while. Some people remember the, the, the pod cave. Ooh, and then there was the musty the, pod cave. The musty pod cave. Then there was the pod suite. R.I.P. All pod of it was suite. very stifling. None of it we could see the outdoors. It was like no. we were in severance. Do you ever <laughs> you watch that show? Watched it's like we bit. were into the once we were in. It in was the a claustrophobic pod. It was terrible. We yeah. get hot in there. There's lights everywhere, like right. up in our faces with the cameras. This, you know, we got producer Caleb. Producer Caleb, show me your Caleb cam. Caleb those cam. On YouTube, yeah. He's producer that, Caleb. We hadn't seen that cam. in a while. This yeah. is a new one. And the mic, you know. And a mic, mic. nice. Like you're, yeah. you're a real member of the team, right? That's right. But, but also, we shout out to Tina at Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> you love you some Tina. I man. love Tina. <laughs> Tina is a boss. She came in and like. Hooked up our shades here so that we can have. We are not sponsored by a Tina nor Sunshine Shades, but we, we do appreciate them. Sunshine. If you're listening, we sponsored them. <laughs> no, no, Tina listens to like Jazz Cafe on Sirius. That's right. <laughs> so That's she's right. not listening. Coffee to House, this. Coffee yeah. House. Uh, but they did like it's so nice to have this window. What do you on a know about this? Day. You have one of these. Look I have at this. a few. Actually, this is going back to daily jazz advice. My children. R.I.P. Daily. <laughs> my children wear these as pajamas in the winter. Well, pajamas. That's it. Like, say say that again. Big p- pajamas. Not pajamas. 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 Interesting. Pajama mama. <laughs> and uh, so it is weird to like you know tucking them in and there's like that's my face on a shirt. That's weird. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So what? Explain to the people. Explain to the folks what we're doing today because I'm a little bit. We're gonna kind of react, but you've seen this video and I haven't. So right? there's a, yeah, there's a video going. What the around. hell's going on? There's a video that's been sort of making the rounds on a lot of musicians' social media. Some musicians, not not a ton, but <laughs> I've seen it a few times come up. It's from a uh, drummer and producer in the UK, Uh-oh. and I guess a YouTuber named uh, Andy Edwards. And he seems like a pretty knowledgeable dude, but he's been he made this uh, YouTube video called Why Do Modern Jazz Musicians All Sound the Same? Sounds and like a rant. It is kind of a rant. And okay. I it's I'm gonna it's been kind of irking me, this video. Yeah, I was gonna say you seem and conflicted already. No, I'm not conflicted. I'm just a, it, it's a very irky topic for me because Is I, it irksome? It's irksome because it's something <laughs> that keeps coming up. And by the way, it's been coming up for since I was a kid that Young musicians all sound the same and nobody's doing it right. And I just think you're wrong when you think that. Right. <laughs> because uh, it, to me, it's a sign that you're not, uh, well, we'll get into it. Does this go along with the whole jazz is dead, jazz is dying? Because it goes along with everybody's Berkeleyfied now, Berkeleyfied. Berkeleyfied. Yeah. I like it. Or, you know, nobody nobody is, is regionalized, so everybody kind of has the same sound. And I just think the evidence is not there to back it up. And even. Uh, Andy's thoughtful rant here uh, 
is, and the, especially the comments I just do in his video, I just do not agree with the sentiment that is being uh, presented here. So maybe we should watch a little bit of it. And yeah. Can, I'd love to get your thoughts on it too. Because yeah. You can be a bit of an old crank sometimes. Yes. As we all can. Every day I'm yeah. becoming more and more of that. So. And listen, it's not that I don't have uh, complaints, believe me. But uh, I just don't think this is where it's at. So okay. Check so out she... Andy's. Oh, video. there he is. Hello, and welcome to this video. Uh, I spotted a comment uh, on one of my videos recently. He said uh, a spotted comment? He spotted um, a oh, comment. Spotted. I read it, and then it went around my mind. Uh, and I'd have to go through all the comments and search to find out who wrote it. So I apologize for whoever suggested this. Uh, but I am going to take on Pause. the question that Please. was asked. I love it already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, res I'm supposed to be reacting, right? You're a fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In this comment, which was, why do all modern jazz musicians sound the same? Wait, pause it. Okay. Hate it. Okay. <laughs> Episode over. Sorry, Andy, we were going to do a hot I loved take, it. And then, well, no, I, I, I mean, I, I can see where this is going, but I'm keeping an open mind. Okay. okay. So, I sort of agree with this. Um. I have a big network of musicians I know. We're always uh, checking out new players, and um, very often someone will go, "Oh, Wait, can Andy, you pause it for I'm a second? drummer." Go Sorry, okay. a big network. Okay, let's just clarify what that is and what that means today. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong. It means or, he's got a lot of musician friends. That's all. No, I'm but is it is is it that, or does he have a lot of connections on seeing other people commenting on his videos or other videos? It's probably that's a different thing. Isn't it's probably it? like all of us. It's it's a mix of all this stuff. We are constantly taking in things on social media that's part of our sort of you know peripheral network but then you also have your personal connections and so but if we don't if we don't separate what those are that's a little bit of a danger sign again keeping an open mind okay. but a little bit of a danger sign to me okay okay fair enough go and check this drummer out you got to check this drummer out and they'll send me a link across and i can sort of predict what i'm about to see you know the jazz drummer um, he's going to do a whole ton of things and we know what they're going to do. Um, the virtuoso level of modern jazz players is off the charts now. You know, um, everybody is incredible and believably fast. They're, they're blistering. They're going to be um, playing the sort of, you know, gospel chops derived fills. Um, we're going to be getting the sort of metric modulation. We're going to have, um, you know, the sort of crossovers between the hi-hats and the floor time i can sort of predict what i'm about to see um now to me that tells me more about his friend circle <laughs> right. than modern jazz drummers right yeah, if they're this is... sending you people that are just all doing the same and if you if your experience is everybody's doing the same thing i just feel like you're not that's not my experience right and it's also the it can be both things though you well, know what it i mean can be both and I like if you get the the, the the maybe the links that he's getting it can start to seem like oh everyone's sort of coming from the same place there isn't a variety there's a predictability but is it a good like is it technically really good is the vocabulary that were that you can see the commonality when with is it, is it good stuff but what are the chances that in 1960 with half the population in the planet yeah. that we have now that it was and no like different. jazz program or very few yeah. jazz programs. What are the program? chances it was different then and it's different? It's right. way different now. Right? Well, the thing is, okay, so nice, you, you, you'd get, maybe you'd get sent a bunch of videos if that technology no, you was wouldn't. there. No, you wouldn't. But like, if every one of them was like as revolutionary as Thelonious Monk, then none of them are. Well, let's, like let's, you might get a hundred of them and there's one monk. That's the beauty of let's it. Hit, I was just making the point that, you know, he's... Uh, he's prejudging he's, it. I'm prejudging him. He's setting it up like, you know, his <laughs> friends are sending him, hey, you got to check out this drummer and he can almost predict. And to right. me, that's like, well, 
it must be because your friends are sending the same kind of people. Right. You're predicting what your friends are going to send you more than what, how modern drummers And it play. might be the algorithm is, is predicting more what you're going right. to like or not like. than it is. That seems to be the case right across the board. When someone says, check this guitarist out, I know I'm going to get something which is a, somewhere between Matheny, Schofield, and Holdsworth. You know, there's, there's going to be that sort of... <laughs> Again, that's I Have think you heard that Dan might Wilson? be yeah Dan Wilson. <laughs> I said like that might be your <laughs> algorithmic bias. Found um, now, if we go back say to the nineteen fifties, and I would say you know like name some jazz pianists. So let's say Thelonious Monk, Dave Brubeck, Bud Powell, Bill Evans. There's 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 four pianists off the top of my head. So I really haven't prepared this. Um, each of those is a whole complete world. Of difference to the next one they're instantly recognizable I've just um, you know filmed a video on Jacko Pastorius and the overriding thing that came out of that because I've been listening so much Jacko recently Jocko. is as soon as Jacko's on the album you go oh Jacko's on that album Jacko? Yeah, Jacko. as soon as Mono Neon's on an album you go oh Mono Neon's on right. the album I think there's so, always so much history bias in that yeah. we've have so much separation from the time of, from the 1950s yeah. of, of Bud Powell Monk, Bill Evans, and you say Brubeck. Brubeck yeah. Um, and each one of them is very different. Um, but also, you know, if you listen to Bill Evans' first trio recording when in the 50s, and you listen to McCoy Tyner's first trio recording in the 50s, late 50s, or maybe 60, they don't sound as different as they did five, ten years later. Right. They sounded way more similar. Right. There was more of a Winton Kelly yeah. strain between both of them. You and be, Herbie, too. Some yeah, some solos, you would be hard-pressed to tell the difference between McCoy and Winton yeah. Kelly. Some solos, and we're not, now we're, dis, we're, now we're listing everybody who has their own world of music, but there's, don't forget, you know, a ton of good, really good, great players that are not their own worlds of music as much as those distinct players that he mentioned. So would you be able to tell the difference between Tommy Flanagan and Sonny Clark straight away? Right. You know, exactly. that's going to be a little more challenging. Right. And there's way more of those players at that time than there are these Bill Evans level, Thelonious Monk levels. And if you can't like Sonny Clark and Tommy Flanagan, it doesn't take away from... It doesn't mean they're bad, yeah. but that means there was a zeitgeist and yeah. that a lot of, of the majority of players sounded very much alike. Yeah. And yes, we celebrate Monk because he was so different. But I would... And yes, I'm, there are today plenty of piano players that sound alike and have a very much influenced by Brad Meldow, Robert Glasper. Yeah. But there is Brad Meldow and Robert Glasper. That's right. And those two people are still walking this earth. And you cannot say that Robert Glasper has not created his own world of music. And you cannot say Sullivan Fortner has mm, not created hello. in a very sh short amount of time right. his own world of music. Or Gerald Clayton. Yep. Or James Francis. Or mm. Brad Meldow. Uh, those people sound very distinctive yeah. to me. I, I consider them to be, and, and uh, especially with the people who are more kind of our age, who've yeah. been around for a while, you know they are because now they're being ripped off like crazy wow. by sort of people that are figuring it out or not going to be as, as dramatically great musicians, right? That, but this is the process. When we look 50 years from now, you're going to look back and say, oh, Robert Glasper, Brad Meldow, Sullivan Fortner, those three like created a whole thing for themselves. Right. You know? And it's so situational too, especially when you get away. I mean, we always are thinking about pianists, of course. Totally. The piano has such a 
we like to think of it as such a conduit for such individuality, but really like, you know, a saxophone, a vocalist or whatever, it's going to be like, well, they sound like them and you, you can tell it's them, whether you like their style, whether you think it's derivative or you, whether you think, I mean, aren't people much more less likely to be like, oh, all the singers sound the same now. They might be like, oh, they all, like there was a period where most vocalists in a lot of different genres like I'm thinking like 80s and 90s, like were very influenced by Stevie Wonder, the way that he phrased and stuff, yeah. which I thought was such a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, like you have these forces of music that come and go, not necessarily come and go, they come and then they stay and they influence the way. Same thing with, you know, piano, same thing with whatever. But it's like if you were to hear Christian McBride in certain recordings, yeah. even recent things, and you nine- might be like, wait, is that Ray Brown? Yeah. Or is that, that's not a bad, it doesn't mean he's, that everybody sounds the same, but it means in certain situations, Christian McBride, because of the influence he had personally on recordings and also playing with Ray Brown and the influence, there's certain times when he's going to go into, not even consciously, but that's going to come out. That's a beautiful connection. That's well, not a, everybody sounds the same. Another interesting thing is again, the, the bias of looking back on something from a long way away, yeah. whereas there are in instances, interviews with people who are musicians from before the 50s, yep. pre-bebop, who, whose people were people like Teddy Wilson and Fats Waller and, and Art Tatum, yep. who considered Bud Powell and everyone else around them to be completely derivative and yep. sound the same. It's yep. all this like, like, that's what they talked like it was. It's not real music. They, no one's got a left hand. Right. It's all the same shit, right? Yeah. That's his perspective on people now who are younger than him and making music. And I just want to say, like, ask a 20-year-old if every drummer that they get sent sounds the same because they don't hear that the same way. They are hearing, they're open to the differences and they can hear sort of the more modern influences that we as older musicians are not hearing. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, we don't have to hear that, but it's, you have to acknowledge that it's not, like, if you're hearing everything is myopic, it's probably because you're not, And but everybody's kind of like, digging it yeah there's probably some some blind spots that you have here with this, right you know yeah, and I, and I, nothing against you andy i don't know but like you might just consider that as like think about how stride pianist would look at bud powell and his right. generation it would all seem very myopic we've got such i mean when you have that that separation of several decades there's the opportunity for not only the music but for our kind of categorization and like, oh, they were influenced this, this is this sound, like to crystallize in a way and for us to look at it and be like, oh, we can identify what that is. Whereas in real time, it's harder to do that. Yeah. But that's an exciting thing it too, is super to be exciting. able to experience it in real time. But it shuffles out with time. Like right. I said, 30 years from now, this era, you're going to know who the drummers were who actually like pushing things forward. Right. And by the way, we're, we're not even mentioning there are musicians doing things on the fringes that are super weird and exactly. creative. That yeah. you, you ha- there always are. Yeah. And even those get sort of sifted through the, the sands of yeah. the greater of, through the, <laughs> the sifter <laughs> the of time. The sands of time yeah. as we sift through the music. Should we go back to a little of uh, Prof Andy here? Sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. You hear that? Oh, it doesn't he sound amazing. You could hear him beaming out. Okay, uh, I think this is the first place we can start to try and explore why individualism in jazz has diminished. Um, I'm sure people are going to now start shouting all sorts of musicians at me, which they believe are highly individual. Okay, yeah. Um, but we are talking about um, not individual cases here, but a certain trend. 
And I think the fact that but, um, a well, number of people have said okay, this to me. You are talking about individual cases. Again, yeah. could you tell the difference between uh, Richie Powell and Hank Jones straight away? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, also, maybe this is partly um, a byproduct or product of the fact that we have so much more access to things that are going on now and things that went on back in the day and everything in between. And he's saying, you know, I'm getting sent this and whatever. Because you're hearing a lot, you're going to hear a lot more, you know, maybe more mundane kind of derivative type of things. Not bad, but more like, yeah, yeah I'm, no. a, I'm a guitar player from Berkeley. I sound like Schofield. Well, and, yeah. You know. But also there is just more like, access. Everyone's, it's always to, it's always people that are playing music that don't sound like the music that you play. Yeah. Well. That always, everybody sounds the same. It's because they're not, but like people who are in your little corner of music, you can tell those differences. You can tell the nuance, Yeah. right? So to me, it's like, we can tell the nuance between a lot of modern, I think, uh, piano players because we're modern piano players. And yeah. We like that that whole sound, right? Uh, but someone from who was born in 1930 probably can't tell those nuances as well, just because they're not into. It's not how they play. That's not you how they think to about really music. Really stay on the on the cutting edge. Yeah, it's kind of like you know with fashion. Once you get old, like really old, it's like you can still be fashionable, but you got to work harder because you're also like, well, I've got all my clothes. They've worked, and I'm not really so much worried about staying up with the with the trends. And I don't mean to say that like the music needs to be trendy that we're checking out. Yeah. But to these things of being able to like understand something before it is crystallized as like a movement or as a time or yeah. a decade or something. It's similar with pop music. It's, yeah. the, it's the exact same thing. It's like we, we only hear all of everything in one big trough for a yeah. long time. It all sounds kind of the same. And then 30 years later, we're like, oh, no, Kanye's really something special, right. creative, like happening, always careful, changing. Be careful. Um, I agree, but sorry, be but, careful. You know, musically, <laughs> leave everything else out of it. But I mean, I think about that in like the 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 era that I came up with, and in, in I think you too a little, you know, somewhat in terms of pop music, the 80s. Mm -hmm. Like that was a time, because when I got into jazz, and then a lot of the like jazz influencers at that time were really like, pop music sucks, it's derivative, this is a low point for pop music, it's not like what it used to be. I kind of bought into that, although that was the music I came up with. But then I was like, well, maybe that was like early That's right. 80s. So, that, but that, it, I'm sorry, go no, ahead. No, I mean, this is a perfect example. People, think about that, <laughs> how popular 80s pop music is in the last 15 years yeah. as a resurgence of a sound. Yeah. And at the time, people were like, everything is derivative. It sounds the same. It's automated. It's, it's automated. It's drum machines. It's computers are yeah. creeping in. But I mean, now I look back at that period, not only from a nostalgic standpoint, which is a lot of even like younger people now looking, it's like a nostalgia they didn't know, yeah. you know, a retro thing. But it was a very high quality level yeah. of, but not all of it, of not course. Not. But there was the same amount as there was in the 70s and the 60s. It's no different from now. Yeah. There's a very high quality of level of all genres. There's creativity happening. There's people pushing boundaries. Yeah, we're just going to hear, we have more access to more stuff. So yeah. you can find an example of whatever you want and be like, oh, look at all this derivative crap. Of course. It's like, that's always been out there. It's just now you can like cherry pick it so yeah. easy. Or, or if you're just receptive to people sending you stuff, check out this another drummer at, sounds just like blah, blah, blah. Go look at the billboard charts from like the 60s. There's of course like you'll find great stuff you'll find the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix but then right. you'll also sound, you'll find a lot of a lot of crap. terrible saccharine yeah. generic pop music on those charts as well that yeah. we don't talk about anymore because it sucked right so yeah. we listen a little more uh, okay. me over the years you know about modern jazz musicians that I think by exploring it um, and, and having a look at the context in which jazz is made today might give us a clue to 
why people at least perceive that as happening. Okay, so let's go back to the sort of uh, the, the Thelonious Monk, Bill Evans, Jaco Pastorius example that we just had. Jackal. You know, the, in the old days, you could buy an album and you put that album on and that album is coming to you through your ears. You know, nobody's listening with their eyes. They're listening with their ears. You know, you put the album on and that album has a voice on it. Now, um, one of the great innovations of jazz was the development the idea of the individual voice now having an individual voice is actually quite difficult in music because music is based upon composition and compositions are based upon somebody writing something that is then going to be performed by musicians and those musicians need to be predictable okay you need to know what a bass is going to sound like you need to know what a violin is going to sound like you know um, if um, Beethoven's writing a piece for orchestra and everybody in that orchestra had their own sound, you know, one guy's playing his violin with a saw and the next one's doing loops and delays and all that, it just doesn't work, you know. The, for composition to work, yeah, there has to be some predictability in the sound. When jazz emerges, because it's an improvisatory aspect, it allows... Okay, this is a little bit problematic in that it's this pattern. And look, I'm sure we've been guilty of this at some point, so I'm not casting aspersions anywhere, but like whenever we talk about, say, composition, we have to frame it in the classical music, Beethoven. I love Beethoven. Beethoven the man, right? But it's like we have to frame it like this is what composition, and, and that's not really no, it's narrow. facts, yeah. as we say. Especially when you're when you're setting up a, 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 a something about jazz. or Right. What is the title of this? It's like... This why do is, modern jazz musicians all sound the same? Right. So why are we framing it? We, I mean, I think a lot of people can understand the influences of so-called classical music on jazz, but to the listener and to the fans, which is what this music is for, mm -hmm. there's not that kind of a connection with this type of thing with composition. No. You know what I mean? Now, you could make the case that like the 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 standard uh, Great American Songbook, that's an influence that people hear and, you know, yep. but that's not even always used. Yeah. It's not like, that's just one element of it. So I think it's a little bit problematic when we say like something that's true in terms of like, yes, if you're writing for orchestra well first of all that's overstated well let's, that's not we should, true let's we've let him, written it. it's like even when you're writing stuff that's not improvised there's a lot of interpretation yeah. that should and is available from the players and it never sounds exactly like you think it is nor should from, it they're not robots from the conductor and yeah you know, and but, the players but let's let's let them finish okay those musicians to find their own place louis armstrong is the great genius of this in terms of his trumpet playing and his voice in the way he places his his personal voice now the thing is is that this coincides with the emergence of the recorded music industry and so people are buying records um and when you buy a bing crosby album or a frank sinatra album or an ella fitzgerald album you know if you buy an aretha franklin album or a david bowie album what you're buying is the sound of their voice you're not buying virtuoso singing virtuoso singing can sound very similar Right, what you're sounding is the the grain and the tone and the timbre of the voice, the way it's phrased, the what, individuality that is within that's that. That's what virtuosity is as a vocalist. Certainly, in the context of pop music, jazz music, what we're talking about as an artist, for sure. Don't you think? I, I, I'm curious. Just I want to hear where this goes. Okay. Sound. This is the bedrock of commercial music. If you're listing, if you're buying music to have a commodity, then you want an individual voice. 
Now, certain people in the old days, and this was far more apparent when I was younger, there would be people who would really love the trombone or they would love the sound of the flute or they would love the sound of the tenor saxophone. And so they would want to hear tunes that they liked played by that instrument. They liked the sound of that instrument. Jazz musicians emerged in the 20s and 30s playing tunes and people would hear the tune played by that instrumentalist and to become a star you had to be like a Bing Crosby or an Elvis Presley you had to have your own voice so the recording music industry was driving musicians to have their own voice that could then be marketed you know in on a record you know Stan Getz plays the Burt Bacharach you know that that type of an album Wes Montgomery plays the Beatles you know whatever it is that is a, a sound, you're buying into a sound. And that would have driven, I think, the music industry to find people with an individual sound. And so within the industry, and when you talk to older jazz musicians, this is definitely the case, that to be seen to be copying somebody else's sound was seen to be morally wrong. You know, it was, it was that strong a thing, you know, or they're copying my sound. Um, you could see this up with, say, a musician like Alan Holdsworth. Alan Holdsworth has such a signature sound. You know, Alan Holdsworth can play a tune and it's going to be entirely different to Jeff Beck playing a tune or John McLaughlin playing a tune. They're all going to sound entirely different, even though it's the guitar. And so what is the point of copying Alan Holdsworth? Now, there's a million Alan Holdsworth copiers oh, out there, a million. That. Okay, this is bullshit. I know. Sorry. I, know. I mean, it's not necessarily wrong, some of the things, a this lot is, of what he's it's saying. It's a little too dogmatic for what well, he's Well, and saying. it's also like, so you're saying Louis Armstrong because Miles Davis or Clark Terry, you know, say Miles Davis copied Clark Terry and so, but but <laughs> Clark Terry wasn't an individual sound because if he had been, you wouldn't copy. I mean, I, that, that that's such a big part of the tradition of jazz music. And I think... You know, to listen, I always come back to like listeners and the fans. Like, I want to put them on a pedestal yeah. because that's what this music is for. Yeah. And I'm one of them. I'm a fan. I mean, we, we can be two things at once. You can be a musician and a fan. But at a certain point, it's like when I'm listening, I'm not caring about like, oh my God, this sounds so good. I Wait. Is he copying Louis Armstrong? Is, is Nicholas Payton have some Louis Armstrong in him? Okay, I rejected that. Reject you, you're not even thinking about yeah. it. You know, like you go to a great dinner, like that, when it's great. When it's not great, I, I do agree with him in terms of like when you're listening to music that's regurgitating stuff and that's its only value. I understand yeah. that. Maybe he needs to clarify that a little more. I just don't, I don't, what I think is is his, his misstep here is his like taking a snapshot of someone at a certain time. Are there a million Alan Holdsworth? I'm not the biggest Alan Holdsworth <laughs> guy, but there, I know he's amazing and he's got a very distinct sound, right? And there's a ton of clones or whatever, but are you a clone? Or are you just using that sound as a springboard to get somewhere else? We mentioned McCoy Tyner. If you listen to early McCoy Tyner, he sounds like those bebop pianists that came right before him, yeah. before he developed his whole pentatonic chordal thing. Yeah. But he used that as a stepping stone to get to where he's going. And he goes Thus and does, placing him in the lineage of the music right, in a way that I then, think really works well. It, when he, Then when he, they do the ballads story. album or the Johnny Hartman album, he's got that same Hank Jones style voice leading that just makes it so heart melting. And then he does a love Supreme and he's got his own sound with it. It's a stepping stone to get to where you're going to go. And that has never changed. No one, no one is, is calling someone out for having influences and being of a certain lineage of musicians. And by the way, too, modern musicians still 
hold on to their own individuality and try to protect that. And it is still considered rude to completely rip someone off. There are stories I've heard of singers being laughed out of clubs this year for right. copying exactly other singers. I have, I went to school with two very, now two pretty famous pianists. I won't mention names, but you know both of these people personally. They, one tried to fight the other outside of smoke for copying a sound. Right. And now it's funny because now everybody tries to copy that. So sound. you're talking about Robert Glasper no, 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 and no, Larry Gold. I'm not mentioning names, <laughs> but no, but it's true. But uh, it's still it's still very much a battlefield for that kind yeah. of stuff. So that hasn't also hasn't changed at least in my well, in my world. And to the point of that, that's reality. That's yeah. reality. Um, this is human emotions. Like you you develop these things and you want to protect them. right. But like even though McCoy kind of coming out of these traditions. You know, if that's Wynton Kelly, who else did you met? What were you thinking of his influences on McCoy before he really Hank Jones, Hank Jones for yeah. sure. Like, um, but the same, they, there was a bunch of other pianists, 10, 20, 100, you never maybe a thousand yeah. that were like coming out of that too and doing really well. And yeah. maybe they they only got to that. They didn't, not everyone's going to be a McCoy Tyner, thankfully. That's what makes McCoy Tyner yeah. so interesting. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's going to be a lot that they, it's still really good to be copying Hank Jones and to be there. Now, you don't want to rip somebody off but that doesn't i don't see that happening that much in jazz i mean it's like you 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 you're always trying to tell your story some people get to the point where you know technically and emotionally and just you know musically all the different elements that have to come together the perfect storm to be able to do that but it's not going to be like that for everybody and that's okay you know um all right should we keep I listening? Think, no, I think we, we, we've, <laughs> we've we gotten get, the point. Well, now. I don't want to give him short shift, and I, I don't, I don't want to come and shit on a, well, a, we're, a fellow we're, YouTuber. We're getting, we're getting to be a long episode for us here, so we're gonna, okay. we're gonna call this. But please, if we are wrong, <laughs> please let us know in the comments. No, if, if we disagree, are right, let us know. We are right, please <laughs> definitely let us know. No, no, I am and, interested in what people think. Yeah, 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 and I think it's a good discussion to have. But I, I do, I just always kind of am on the lookout from just me personally for falling into this old guy trap of like nothing's like it should be or was or and the music is worse because it's things have changed or whatever i find it with just the slightest amount of effort i find a bunch of amazing stuff oh it's, all it's the totally, time totally. like people who really light me up who yeah. are making great music from the pianist this is a golden age it's like for there's pianists. so many good musicians yeah. that are making such interesting music that you've never heard before it's really it's and it's and, really great and, and and let's learn from history in terms of like try to place yourself back into a time where it's like you're hearing Thelonious Monk for because he brought up Thelonious Monk yeah. and yes now it's easy for everybody to be like Thelonious Monk's a genius he wrote this great music he's an individual you did not get these flowers yeah when no, was, exactly yeah. exactly and also like if we had stopped and been like wait a second where is this coming from where is this like if there was too much paralysis by analysis of what he was doing when it comes out it would have been a little bit jar even more jarring than it than it was so i don't know no hey listen and this is to also to take nothing away from the fact that there are that social media has changed the way we yeah. ingest a lot of things and we've done our our ogs uh, listen to ig thing yeah uh, which is very similar to this rant actually right. where we're <laughs> like this, this all sounds the same yeah and it's changed so we have our own things to deal yeah. with and that that has i think definitely changed like 30 second TikTok musicians yeah i think has but it changed. hasn't crystallized to the point where we're going to know is that a change for the better for no. the worse or or is it going to come and go but it also yeah. hasn't affected the music we no. actually spend our time listening to exactly you know what i mean so exactly. I, I don't know I, I don't think it's quite there yet 
Okay, so thumbs up or thumbs down? Can we just give it? <laughs> I, well, I, we definitely don't agree with Andy. Andy, th- but thanks for uh, passionately and articulating. <laughs> yes, and articulately stating the case because I think he's done a a, a very good job of re- bringing up interesting points. Absolutely, and than, represents what a lot of people feel and believe, 100%. and that makes it valid. Yeah. You know, Andy, it doesn't make it right or wrong, no. but it makes it a valid thing. It's not just one person yelling into you know you know into nothing. Yeah, super. It definitely hit a nerve. Intelligent points and really fun. It would be great actually to talk to Andy about this. That's right. And like have a bit of a back and forth in real time. That'd be super fun. Yeah, let's go to England. Okay, let's do it. Let's go to Cheshire or Manchester. Where is he at? York? Su- Suffolk? York? York? I, I, I can't quite pin the accent. I should be able to know it. <laughs> All right, till next time. You'll hear it. Sound just like Herbie Hancock? Yeah.